Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Hung at Heart, a podcast by me, David Ramos. Today I'm joined by Jackson Fader, otherwise known as Big Bro Jax. He is a local stoner, content creator, DJ, and everyone's favorite big brother. He is here for our first uh, segment of Keeping Up With The Kinks. Um, which is a segment where I'm hoping to bring in, you know, kinky and sexy people to talk about our kinks. Some that we share, some that we don't, talking about how we got into them, why we're into them, how we explore them, and just learning a little bit more about that. Um, We're going to be talking about musk, leather, and incest on today's episode. Um, So going straight for it, and I'm really excited about it. Before we um, get into it, though, I'd love to hear, you know, if you want to just tell us a little bit, Jackson, about yourself and um, a little bit about how your online persona, Big Bro Jack, sort of came to be and the history of that. Um, <clears throat> am I talking to the camera? You and are. Not you. Okay. Either. Either works. Okay. Um, I, uh, I started doing um, adult content creation in 2018. Um, officially started in 2018 and like made a Twitter and an OnlyFans and everything. Um, and I, I chose my name um, because I didn't want to have my real name out there connected to any of this stuff uh, in case, you know, anybody ever Googled my real name or anything. And I don't want my mom to see right. my ass in a jockstrap with <laughs> dollars hanging out of it. Um, uh, but I, I kind of, I just used like my name um, like my porn name and go-go dancer name uh, with like an XXX at the mm. end of it. Um, and my original Twitter got hacked um, by one of those like fake emails that looks like it's from Twitter. Um, and so I've like, <clears throat> you know, then I was also posting on Instagram at the time and posting really racy things and constantly getting Instagrams deleted. So anyway, one day I'm like sitting there and I'm like, I need to think of a new like at for Instagram. And I, I'm really big on like, there's so many performers out there who will have a different app for OnlyFans and a different one for Twitter and a different one for just for fans. I'm like, oh my God, make it easy for people Mm -hmm. to find you, please. So I was like, kind of trying to figure out what to pick as, you know, my screen name and my brand and kind of this moment for like rebranding a little bit after I had started. Uh, And I have a really good friend in LA who is the first guy that I've ever like had as a little bro. Uh, and it was his idea for us to get matching tattoos. I'm an older brother, uh, in real life. And, uh, he never has, he, he's an only child. So he never had an older brother growing up, but he always like wished he did. And I'm the oldest in my family. And I always wished I had an older brother growing up as well. So we kind of bonded over that. Like, you know, like both of us imagine this like super cool hot guy we could look up to when we were young little gay boys. Yeah. Um, but we we very quickly kind of developed a brotherly bond. And so anyway, I was like, ah, big bro jacks. Um, and we have matching big bro, little bro tattoos. And I had like just gotten this tattoo, so it was kind of all fresh in my mind. And um, yeah, so I chose big bro jacks as my at and like kind of made that my brand and as soon as i did that it was like oh there is yep okay (laughs) i started getting dms from people like hey big bro it's your little bro like people are pretty into it it seems like so um yeah so that's kind of how that all got going okay 
There's a lot there that I was like, you were like, oh, mm-hmm. I don't want my mom seeing my ass in a jock strap. And I was like, mine has seen that. And she cheers it on, which I love. Like one time I posted a picture in like my underwear on my Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of nervous about it because a lot of people who I'm like not ever really like sexual with were on there. And my mom commented something like, that's my baby rocking his Calvins. And I was like, oh my God, I love that about my mom. Um, Because I think one thing that I think about a lot that I don't know that she realizes is that growing up, I feel like I was really inspired by, she would walk around like a really empowered sexual woman, right? And I think like she wasn't necessarily like, sleazy or anything not that I think there's anything wrong with that but like she just always walked around very like she's in charge she knows what she brings she knows that she's hot and I was always so inspired by like her prowess and so growing up like I feel like I'm inspired by that a lot um but anyways um so she has seen my ass in a jock strap I don't know <laughs> if she's seen with dollar bills hanging out yet but that makes sense. I was going to ask if you were the oldest, because I'm also the oldest. Okay. Um, and it's interesting, because I never wish I had an older brother, but yet, when it comes to, like, you know, sexual play, like we'll get into later, it's definitely, like, a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, lots of things there, but that's that's good to know. Thanks for sharing. Mm-hmm. So, I think before we get into talking about um, Musk, I'm hoping we can play, um, ask a couple of questions from this We're Not Really Strangers. I don't know if you've heard of the game before. I don't think so. It's like one of my favorite mm. card games. I have a bunch of expansion packs. Um, it's kind of like a sentimental card game where you like get to know people. But there's all these expansion packs and the sex one came out. And it's usually meant to be played in like a party setting. But I think it works really well either way. Um, some of the questions that I like didn't offer up as options were very vanilla things. Like there's one that's like, do you think that I eat ass? Yes or no? And I'm like, I <laughs> like, mean, obviously. If you're on this podcast, right. you ask. Um, and so there's a few questions that I feel still stand out. And I think it would be fun for us both to answer them. And then we'll do, you know, there's usually three rounds when you play the game. So we can do some now, talk a little bit, do some in the middle, talk a little bit, and then do some at the end. Hopefully it's fun. Okay. Sweet. Let's play a game. So the first question is, what do you think my type is? Explain in detail. Your type. Um, <laughs> uh, hmm. I don't know. I'm getting a like into daddy's vibe. Okay. Um, but uh, I mean, I could do a really easy answer. Okay. <laughs> um, tattooed blonde dumb bros. Okay. <laughs> Considering that's how we met. <laughs> right. 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 <laughs> Um, I would say that that's not totally inaccurate. I don't know. I think some of the people are like, do you have a type? I'm like, I like lots of different kinds of people, but I do think that I find that like a, like a bearded, not necessarily like a super bushy beard kind of thing. I do think that sometimes that for some reason takes me out of the moment a little bit, I can't but like, too. yeah, but like a bearded, you know, man with facial hair, um, doesn't have to be blonde, but you know, blonde is great. So is brunette. <laughs> Tattoos are sexy. I do kind of find a lot of times that I'm drawn to sort of like an alternative kind of look. Um, clean cut is like fine, but for some reason it feels a little like maybe I'm a little too like wild for someone who's like walking around in like a suit with like a really clean cut haircut and no tattoos. But um, I wouldn't say that that's inaccurate. Um, as far as your type goes, it's interesting because I also kind of get a vibe that you would like daddies. I get a vibe that you like people of all different ages and like that you don't necessarily have a very 
some people are very specific and like this is the mm-hmm. only kind of guy I'm into. <clears throat> and I don't get that vibe from you. Um, and it's like, I feel like you like daddies, but also, you know, having the big bro persona, it's kind of like, okay, maybe he likes guys who are maybe slightly younger or maybe slightly smaller, right? I think like sometimes when you think about stereotypically the like daddy, son, big bro, little bro thing, you sort of think like if someone's a big bro or a daddy, they're going to want someone who's like smaller and maybe a little younger. Um, but I kind of feel like you maybe also vibe with like, maybe I'll also say like a, like a, like a, like a blonde, maybe like smaller than you, slightly younger than you, but still like tatted and pierced kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would say probably if you, if you had to like, uh, really like generalize my type it would be like dark haired furry okay kind of alternative guys um but similar to you i have a super broad range Mm -hmm. i can like totally get with a daddy i can get with like a little bro someone a little younger than me right um it is kind of for me about like the energy and like Mm -hmm. just the the vibe between two people and uh, i kind of like the like uh vibe of being a big bro because you can still like be like yes sir to a daddy or right. you can like you know right, be right. the daddy a little bit and like so i kind of like that it's uh, a little nebulous you right know, like you're not of- at the bottom of the food chain but you're not at the top either <laughs> right um, in the middle where you want to be right exactly <laughs> that makes sense actually um yeah i think that for me my i mean in a lot of ways like my interests have definitely evolved over time sexually but i feel like um my age range has always been pretty flexible but it wasn't until like a year or two ago that it really was like I feel like generally speaking, I'd kind of be like, okay, like, you know, two or three years ago, like if I was like looking for someone, I would be like, oh, you know, into guys who were like maybe like 40, 45. And then it's expanded so much since then. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's also really interesting to think about. Yeah. I, when I was younger too, I always was kind of into guys older, like mm-hmm. at least five years or more older than me. I was rarely attracted to somebody my own age. Uh, and then it was like, mid thirties, I finally started kind of being like, Oh, that guy is like 25 and he's cute. And like the fact that he's a little younger and like, that's kind of hot, you know? And so once I was a little bit older, that kind of started Mm. coming out too. So similarly, I've kind of evolved and changed over time who I'm into and what I'm into. Yeah. I also feel like, I don't know, a lot of times it feels like guys my age aren't necessarily interested in me. Like, I feel like I connect more with like men in their thirties, forties, fifties, Whenever I'm talking to a guy who's like the same age as me or even like a couple years younger, it just never feels like it like clicks the same way. I don't know why, but that plays a little bit into the, t- the age of men I end up hooking up with as well. Yeah, that's yeah. probably something similar for me Yeah, when I was younger too. <clears throat> okay, third question. Name one thing better than sex. Music. Music, okay. I have a huge record collection. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of like a serious answer because a joking answer I thought was rolling on a chirp wheel, which I have under my bookshelf. Um, it's like those <laughs> things that they're, it's like, it's like FDA approved to treat like back pain. Oh, and I it need one. so good to roll on it. And one time I posted something on my story was like, yeah, sex is good, but have you ever rolled around on a chirp wheel? Um, <laughs> I think that's your answer. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I mean, it is good, but I I'm, I mean, you know, I want to say like going on a drive with the windows down and it's like a really nice summer night oh. 
and the temperature's just right and you're blasting music. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're like a little high or something. It's just as like, I think that's better than sex, actually. I could see that, especially yeah. like living in the Pacific Northwest, that first nice day that you get and you're like, yeah. the sun's still out, it's kind of warm, I can kind of feel spring coming, driving around with your windows, yeah, down. Uh, that is a good feeling. Yeah, and like this, the sky is pink, you know, it's just, it's like so right. Yeah. Um, okay, so getting into the first of the kinks that we're talking about today is musk. Um, one of the things that I've seen on like your Twitter, on like your hookup profiles is that you smell like armpits, right? And it's a, it's a big thing. We met at um, <clears throat> Yes Coach, mm-hmm. where you were one of the judges for the pit smelling contest. And so it just felt like it, it made a lot of sense that this is some ground that we'd cover. And it's one that I feel like um, I've always kind of been into it, but over the past like year or two, it's really become like, it's like a huge thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also become a thing that I, I've thought a, a lot a lot about recently, not in a way where I'm like less into it, but I'm realizing that there's a lot of people who actually aren't, Mm -hmm. but I find myself surrounded by people who are so regularly that when I run into someone that's like, I actually really don't like the way your pits smell. Mm -hmm. I'm like, Oh, I kind of forgot that there's people who don't like that. Yeah. So what is like, (laughs) I know even gay men who aren't into it. Um, so it's like, I'm not concerned about other people to be clear. Like, I'm like, I don't care if I go to work and I'm a little smelly and my coworkers like David kind of smells today. I'm like, you're going to be fine. Yeah. But when it's like a gay man, I'm just like, Oh, I kind of want you to think I'm sexy. And if you think I'm gross because my armpits, I mean, I'm not going to change that, but I'm a little (laughs) more concerned about the fact that I'm grossing you out. Um, but that's just me. What would you say is like, um, what is it that you like about it? How long have you been? I'm assuming you don't wear deodorant. I don't. Right. Like how long has that been a thing for you? How'd you get into it? What kind of things do you like about it? I think like starting when I was, I don't know, maybe in my twenties, I kind of was like, you know, I think I'm going to stop wearing deodorant on the weekends when I don't go to work. Cause I like my own smell. Mm. Uh, and I've always, I, I mean, I remember like being a kid and like catching a whiff of my stepdad's armpits and being like, Oh, he smells good. Like, right. is that what men smell like? You know, <laughs> like not even aware I was gay yet, but just like, I like the way this guy smells. Right. Um, so I've always been into, you know, natural pheromone kind of vibe. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I just, as I got older, I got more comfortable, you know, and I, I like my own scent. And, uh, once I really, once I moved to Portland and was like living in a, actual city with lots of other queer people, I started realizing, oh, tons of people share this fetish. And um, then I started, you know, really experiencing, you know, going out to like a club or something and like, you know, there'll be like a group of guys all sniffing each other on the dance floor and Mm -hmm. like um, just acting like animals. (laughs) I don't know, something about that just always has turned me on and everybody has a different scent, you know, and I kind of like, analyzing what people smell like a little bit sometimes there's like different qualities in each person yeah um but i i uh finally i similarly to you uh stopped wearing deodorant and kind of stopped caring but i also don't want to like completely gross people out you know mm-hmm. but i'm like also you know sometimes you smell something that's not 100 percent your preference in life and like I don't know. It's like if it's for a second and passing or something, who gives mm-hmm. a shit? It's like you smell piss on the street, you know? Right. Like, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I do try to, uh, 
keep it, you know, if I'm going to a wedding around a bunch of straight people and I'm going to be indoors or something, you know, for hours and hours and hours, I'll take a shower and scrub and <laughs> right. try to be a respectful citizen of society. But also there's a point where I'm like, you know, fuck all of you. We're queer and like growing up queer is hard and terrifying. So like, let us have our things. Right, right, right. <laughs> I um I feel like growing up I used to be really like I was bad at remembering to put on deodorant when I was a teenager and my family always hounded me for it and so I always tried to remember to do it over and over and over again and I also had like it wasn't always as smelly as it was sweaty mm-hmm. so I remember for a while I was trying to use some like medicine or something that would make it like sweat less but then I stopped doing it and then like throughout my adulthood I would just like wear deodorant regularly but then at some point I want to say it was like a year or two ago I just had a similar moment where I was like, I kind of like the way I smell. Mm-hmm. Um, and I started, I think, having more experiences where, like, I would smell a guy, whether it was, like, his pits or his crotch or his ass, and it was, like, a little musky. And I was like, oh, this is kind of hot. Mm-hmm. And so then I stopped wearing deodorant um, entirely. And then um, it became such a critical part. Like, there'd be so many times where I'd be hooking up with someone and they would smell my pits and they'd be like, oh, my God. And it sort of started to sort of add to this, like, it feels like it's such an integral part of the sexual experience for me. It feels like this person was, like, really into me, but then once they smelled my armpits, it was, like, they took a big hit of poppers and all they could think about was, like, getting mauled by me or something, right? <laughs> and so it was, like, I kind of yes. like that feeling, that that's, like, a thing. And there's also something that feels a little more, like, primal, like you're letting go because you just kind of smell the way you smell, um, and so Which is part of what people are attracted like if someone's attracted to you subconsciously whether they know it or not your scent is going to be part of what draws them in to you right exactly but it's we also live in a society that tells us to be like ashamed of any natural smell that comes from our body and like you know hide all of it yeah and some of it doesn't need to be hidden <laughs> yeah i i also started um like i stopped wearing deodorant and i work in politics so there'd be times where like I would have days where I would like go to meetings and stuff like that, where I'd be like, you know, I probably should have worn deodorant today. Like, I don't want to be sitting in a room with like this person at this organization or this elected official or something. And like my pits are reeking. But at the same time, I was just like, who cares? Like, I'm not here to smell good or look good for you, even though I do. I'm here to do work and don't worry about the way I smell. But then there just came a point where I was like, okay, I'm going to start wearing natural deodorant that's unscented. Mm -hmm. So like it's covering up any scent that's coming from me, but I can wash it off really quickly um, and go back to smelling the way that I want to smell afterward. Yeah. One of my natural deodorant definitely helps. One of my party tricks too is like, I'll put it here (laughs) in Uh, here and it masks it enough. But if you don't go straight over the hair, like six hours eight hours later if you like went to the eagle uh-huh. people would be like oh you smell so good uh i also have spray deodorant that uh-huh. i will put on the outside of a shirt if okay. i need to so it's not actually touching but yeah i tend to save that for extreme cases yeah um, that's a that's a good call because sometimes it's like people want to lick my pits or vice versa and if you put on deodorant it's not gonna be a yeah, fun experience not, yeah there was one time i hooked up with someone it was like in 2020 i was living in hood river I hooked up with someone who lived over there. I went over to his house. He had like just broken up with his girlfriend. It was like a whole, a whole thing. And sometimes guys say that and I'm like, yeah, sure. But in this case, it was like all these pictures. He was like crying when I got there and I went to suck his dick and he had put on deodorant on his crotch. So as I was like licking it, it like dried up my tongue. It was not a fun experience. That's bizarre. I know. Weird. It it was clearly like a man who was like, no one ever taught you to like groom yourself properly right or like how there's other things you can do besides put deodorant on your dick and balls (laughs) um 
But yeah, I've I've come to really enjoy it. Like I've had times where I go to like the bathhouse, and I remember one time I was at Steamworks in Seattle, and a couple guys came just from like smelling my pits. I just left feeling like God, that was like so hot that they like like my smell so much that was enough to like make them come. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I have like friends where I hang out with them, and I'm like, I know that I'm like pungent, and they're like, Yeah, you are. Or I have a, I have a friend who's like. <laughs> I can tell if you've been in a room because your smell lingers for a while. Like you just really, it's like there. And I kind of love that. But I did recently have a moment where I was someone that I've hooked up with a few times before was like, oh, whenever I like see you out, I always want to dance with you. But it's kind of hard because I really don't like the way you smell. Like it's like not my thing. And I was like, oh, fuck. I kind of just like totally forgot that there's a lot of guys that aren't into this. Yeah. Um, And then I started thinking about, you know, it's like, I don't know if it's something you think about as much as like I think about, but I feel like sometimes I kind of get fixated on like certain like, oh my God, this person was like super hot at the bar, but they like weren't into me or something and it's fine. But you kind of are in your head about like, oh, what what is it about me that maybe they like weren't into or something? So one of the things that I thought when someone told me that was, I wonder how many instances there's been where a guy's looked at me and thought he's really hot, but then they come up to me and they're like, oh my God, but he smells so bad. And then they're like not into it anymore. Well, I'm glad you said that because I'm just going to tell myself that every time I <laughs> think someone's hot and I don't think they're into me. Right. Like, like, it's, oh, like it's, it's just, just my armpits. Right. And I had a friend be like, well, if they're not into it and you want to smell the way you want to smell then they're just like not right for you. And I'm like, okay, but I'm not changing who I am as a person. I'm just like putting on deodorant. Like it's okay. I mean, that's true. There's, so, Yeah. So sometimes when I go to places now, like even like gay spaces, I'll be like, I'm just going to put on deodorant because me wearing deodorant isn't going to upset someone who's into musk. They're not going to lose interest in me because I'm yeah. wearing deodorant. That's true. But someone who's grossed out <clears throat> by the smell of musk will lose interest in me if I smell ripe. Yeah. So I'm like, it's just like, but I much prefer not to just point blank period. Yeah. I'm, I also, like, if I'm going to a queer space too, where there's going to be like femmes and ladies present, sometimes I'm like, all right, let's be a gentleman today. Right. I was go-go dancing once in uh, LA for Bitch Pudding's party, Bitchin', and uh, I was like so fucking ripe. I've been dancing for hours and I was sweating, but I think I was probably ripe beforehand that day. And it was, I mean, I noticed, I was like, oh, I'm a little extra pungent today. And I remember (laughs) going backstage uh, between like shifts and... uh, I remember who it was, but one of the drag queens all of a sudden is just like, girl, what the, somebody smells in here. <laughs> She's like, I'm like, oh yeah, okay. I should probably dial it in once right. in a while. <laughs> I always see these memes online that are like, oh, bears wear deodorant at the gym challenge. And like, there's all these posts where sometimes people are like, people need to fucking wear deodorant at the gym. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't really care. That's the one place where I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, and that's where I, that's kind of also part of why I stopped wearing deodorant. I fucking will smell whether I have deodorant on or not, like by the end of the day, and you had mentioned uh, sweating earlier too, that was the first reason I stopped wearing deodorant as an experiment, because I was like, I feel like I sweat, once I put deodorant on, I sweat more. And so I like, and I lived in Arizona at the time, so I stopped wearing it. I'm like, yeah, that definitely seems like it's making me sweat less, wearing (laughs) no more antiperspirant, which was very strange. So that's kind of what got me into the uh, natural, deodorant it's kind of like the thing that like um you know i don't shampoo my hair super often it's kind of thin and curly and so if i shampoo it it gets kind of dry and so it's kind of like 
I used to have this thing where it's like, well, if you stop shampooing so often, your hair stops producing as much oil because it picks up on the fact that you're not stripping it. Mm-hmm. So I used to think if you stop wearing deodorant, because one thing is that some people um, have a very, de- my smell is more like one time at an orgy, um, I met a good friend of mine now and we were smelling each other's pits. And I was like, my pits are like a Cabernet Sauvignon and yours are like a Pinot Noir <laughs> because mine are like bold and ripe and yours kind of smell like they've been, like it's been there for a while, but it's still there. And I didn't understand what the difference was. I just thought different people have different scents. But then when I realized one day recently, cause I was blow drying my pits after the shower. Um, and what I realized was when your pits are dry, they smell more like a Pinot Noir. And when your pits are sweaty, they smell like a Cabernet because my pits achieve that smell that I was like, they don't usually smell this way. It's because I'm always fucking sweating. So that's why they smell the way that they smell. But I uh, sometimes I feel like some guys have like a almost their pits almost smell like cum. Do you know what I'm talking about? There's like a little bit of that like alkalinity funk, but like it's not gross. It's actually I think it's good. Okay. but uh, I so I always think of like some guys are kind of cummy and some guys are kind of like piney and like foresty earthy uh-huh. musky i don't know okay but maybe that's why which i wonder which one of those is pinot noir i know i'm like <laughs> we have two different ways of thinking about it come and pine <clears throat> pinot noir and cabernet um yeah that's really interesting i've always preferred the way of course i feel like i of course i think that because it's my own smell yeah. but i think i prefer the cabernet smell versus the pinot noir smell um <laughs> and so i'd be curious to to i don't know it's just interesting different people smell different sometimes bo smells a little bit like onion yeah I that i'm not into the onion <laughs> i remember one time at a bar someone's like you're in the pits smell mine and i was just like oh wow you know you should shower once in a while right, right? right. Like it was a, like has that been three weeks man it was I a know. little it was a little much see i've had time there's been a few times where i've been like i think my pits are a bit much and i <clears> ask <throat> someone they smell I'm like no they're not and i'm like I, I kind of feel like they are like they're really crossing a threshold here um you said something about showering and it was reminding me of this meme i also see online that's like oh guys in the shower be like and it's like they there's like two spots on their crotch and their ass that's like wash it and the rest is like water will get it and i'm like yeah yeah that's how i shower <laughs> like water literally will get the Soap rest of is it for your balls and your hole and your feet right and water's for everything else. everything else like yeah. you don't need to worry about it so whenever i see those memes i'm always like yeah that's like that's... totally accurate um i was uh I did, uh, I go go danced at Stank in San Francisco a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and I was in New York first. And so I was flying from New York to SF and I, they asked me to be in the pit contest and I was like, okay, I'm going to be in New York for, you know, days and days, like not doing anything. I can like definitely work up a good, right. you know, preloaded armpit scent. And the day of my flight, I'm like, I'm so like, I'm really ripe. I'm feel really sorry for whoever I sit next to on this plane. Like, I hope this isn't going to be an issue. I'm like wearing a leather jacket. So I'm like, you know, I'm going to just try to like keep my musk inside the whole time. And, um, I don't remember if I was flying Southwest and picked my own seat, but long story short, I ended up walking to the back of the plane and sat down in an open seat and it was a lesbian couple. And I was like, well, they might not be into it, but they're used to Mm. (laughs) hanging out with stinky gay boys, I'm sure. So they at least understand culturally. Uh, And I won the armpit contest. Oh, wow. It was worth it. (laughs) You saying that is reminding me that um, 
I was on a plane recently where someone smelled so clean, it hurt my nose. And I was like, you can clean yourself without it needing to be like a super, like I it mean, was like painful. That's the thing I always think about too, is like people are like, oh, wear deodorant, be respectful. Nobody wants to smell that. I'm like, I don't want to smell Axe body spray. And plenty right. of straight guys wear way too fucking much of that. And that, yeah. like, that's assaulting to me just the way armpits probably are to other people. But why does one thing get to be okay and the other not? Right. You know, it's like. I agree wholeheartedly. I, um, you also mentioning the like pit contest that at the party that you went to reminds me that when I went to Yes Coach, I was telling a bunch of the people that I knew who were there, I was like, I'm going to win the pit contest. I just know it because I love the smell of my own pits that much that I was like, I'm so confident. And then I did it and that's okay. But, um, I remember going into it, telling like my friends that were there, like, I'm going to win. And one of them was like, I think I'm going to enter. I was like, you shouldn't because my pits smell better than yours. <laughs> Very subjective. But anyways, um, before we sort of do some more of these like questions and maybe move on to our next kink, I want to know if you think my pits smell more like pine or like cum. Okay. And I'll let you know if your pits smell like Pinot Noir or Cabernet Sauvignon. Okay. Okay. Give it a go. Wait. Mm. Hopefully you don't say they smell like onion. Mm, no, they smell like cum. <laughs> Okay, got it, got it. Okay. Mm. Definitely, definitely Pinot Noir I'm pits. mild today. Yeah, 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 Pinot Noir. Like, almost, I almost am like, you kind of smell like you soaked them up at some point recently. I did. Uh, Sorry. Got it. Yeah, it's, it is. <laughs> you got to reset it once in a while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I've smelled them before, though, and they definitely were not that mild, but it was a good smell. Yeah. Okay, so mine smell like cum and yours smell like Pinot Noir. Okay. Um, but based off of, um, I guess like now I'm curious, having smelled mine, would you describe mine more as a Pinot Noir or a Cabernet? Cabernet. Okay. For sure. I think yours are more There's like, more of a, a bite to it. Right. It's like bolder. Yeah. I think yours smell like cum. Yeah. I mean, I've heard people say like the word musk is so kind of all encompassing, but I've heard people actually use that word a lot to like say your armpits smell like musk. Like I right. think it's a general one of the vibes it's a little softer or something and right it's like different <clears throat> i think i've had someone try to tell me like musk is different than bo and mm -hmm. like they're kind of it's the same thing they're a little it's like an umbrella musk is like a musk like a turns into bo if it goes right, too exactly <laughs> and i know i just was like oh then we'll move on to the thing but now i just have another thing about musk where is it armpits where you like it or do you like it everywhere everywhere okay. if i'm giving a guy a blowjob, I like will always smell his balls multiple times. Okay. Yeah. I'm the I, same way. Yeah. And There's, I eat ass, so I don't mind, you know, a little smell down there too. Nothing right. like, you know, gross, but like, right. There's know. definitely limits. Like there's, there's definitely times I'm like, yeah, oh, I, I have, know that I can do this. I have limits, but like, yeah, if somebody, you know, took a shower a couple hours ago and they're like mm. totally fine to, you know, get railed. It's like, yeah, let me smell your natural smell. I'm totally into that. Yeah, I agree. Also, I think, um, I don't know if you feel this way about feet musk though, um, or if you're even into feet at all. Uh, I mean, I'm not, not into feet, but it's not like a, a fetish of mine. Okay. Um, and I don't ever really notice foot odor as much it's see like i don't either but i am into feet mm. and there was a time when i was visiting somewhere out when i was in kansas city recently um i was hooking up with a guy and i was gonna worship his feet and he was like they're hella ripe and i was like i'm sure i can handle it and i got there and they were like fermented like they literally smelled like cat piss <laughs> and i was like yeah i don't think i can do this <laughs> it definitely was like it crossed a line 
Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, that's a little bit on Musk. Let's ask some of these other questions. Okay. And then we'll move into talking about leather. Okay. Okay. What's one part of your sex game that you can honestly say needs work? I would say, <clears throat> uh, I don't last a short time, but I wish I had the powers to last longer while mm. topping. Okay. But I like also on the other side of it, I've bottomed and I'm, you know, I'm more of a top now, but I used to be way more of a bottom. And some guys it'll take them like an hour and a half and you're just like, oh my God, <laughs> I gotta go, man. Are you almost done? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I've become good at being a twice and a hookup kind of guy because the first one usually, I don't know, I just get really excited. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's, you know, it's around 20 minutes, but I'm like, I wish I could go a little longer sometimes. Oh, wow, it's like 20 minutes is, is long. Is it? Uh, oh I my mean, God, am I the guy that people are like, oh, hurry. No, I think 20 minutes is a good. That's like I'm about just, average, I I'm think, just right? like you saying that, I think 20 minutes is longer than average. Is it? Yeah. Um, it depends on what they're doing, yes, but my answer would probably be similar. I was thinking that mine is that I always really struggle to relax when I'm bottoming. Yeah. Like guys will try and put it in me and they'll be like, you're so tight. And I'm like, I'm literally not. You should see the toy I had up my ass 30 minutes ago. And I, it's like, I don't think it's that my hole is tight, but I, I think I carry a lot of tension in my body. So my sphincter is always really tight. And I'm like, you just have to force it through my sphincter and then we're good. I have a friend who tried to fist me once. He's a prolific fister and uh, he was like, it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. And I was like, okay. And like, I mean, I love this guy. He's kind of a big bro to me. And it's like, if there's anybody who, you know, like might as well be you, you are totally a great first person to do this with. So I'm like, you know, he's staying with me. We had all night and it just would not happen. And I finally said like, I'm sorry, I don't think this is gonna happen. I just have a tight hole. And he goes, you don't have a tight hole, you have a tight mind. <laughs> right, that's literally what someone said to me as well, like similar, where he was like, it's just- But I think just, it is true. Yeah, he's like, it's in your head, like you're just, and, and you're not letting it go. And it's true, like I think there's a lot of times where that, that is the thing. My hole is also at a little bit of a different angle from other guys' holes. There's a lot of times where I'm like, well, it's not going in because you're not even pushing on my hole. <laughs> where I'm like, you have to angle it downward and then it's like this whole thing and sometimes a guy like, struggles to stay hard because it's like, you know, sometimes you get caught up in like, oh fuck, this isn't working. You like lose your heart on. Um, and so I would say like being able to just like loosen up more so someone can just put it in. Cause a lot of times it's like, you have to be like hard as a rock to get it in me usually, or I need to be like loosened up, whether it's like with a toy or something. But yeah. that was gonna be my answer until you said what you said. Well, now I wanna change my answer to what you're saying. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, uh, bottoming is way more difficult for me than it used to be. Yeah. And, uh, my boyfriend said it's probably just cause I'm out of practice and that, you know, having things up there regularly kind of reprograms your brain to not be like alarm. No, when you're, you know, feeling a slight discomfort for, you know, a second while you're warming up to it. That's definitely true. I use my dodo every single day. It's usually more to prep. I don't really like using toys like sexually. It's usually more to like prep, but I do it every single day. Um, which is kind of crazy now that I'm like saying that out loud, but it does make it so now. You're not the only one. <laughs> now when I like squat down on the ground and I'm gonna like put it up my ass, it just like goes right up with lube because like I've gotten used to it a little bit. Yeah. But for some reason still like when I'm meeting up with a guy, it'll just be like, I just really want to fucking relax so he can like put it in me. Um, but yeah, um, going back to what you were saying, I would say that that probably would have been my answer for a really long time and still probably is like growing up, 
or not growing up necessarily, but you know, when I was a teenager in my adulthood, but more so in my adulthood because I was having sex in my adulthood, I was always an instant comer. Like I'd put my dick inside a hole and it was like immediate. And I always hated it. Like I felt like bottoms never asked me to come back. Like it was always like, it, it just was like a really emasculating experience to have like, you just come instantly and like, you know, one time I had a boyfriend who was a bottom and like, he could only come from getting fucked. He didn't like getting his dick sucked or anything. So it's like, well, I just can't like please you because I can't fuck you for as long as you need. Obviously there's like fingers, which a lot of guys don't like. Yeah. Fingers, and there's toys. Fingers hurt me. Yeah. And there's like toys, which like aren't quite the same, even if they can still accomplish something similar. Um, and so it was like a huge thing for me. And then I got on antidepressants and like night and day, like I was, oh, yeah. I was immediately Those like, make you last a long time. I was like, whoa, sure. I can go to town on a guy <clears throat> for like 30 minutes. I'm such a studly top. And I like, you know, wreck this guy's hole because I'm not coming in two seconds. Um, and then I got off of them again and I was like, I'm so nervous. All my favorite bottoms aren't going to like me anymore. And then I'm going to go back to coming instantly. And I definitely come quicker now but not instantly. And so I'm like, okay, I think I can stand to stay off my antidepressants because they were having other things that I, that I didn't care for. I didn't even get on it for depression or anxiety. I got on it for nail biting and it didn't really help. So I was really? like, yeah. why stay on it? It's kind of making me gain a little bit of weight. Let me just like get off of it, feel a little better, feel the full spectrum of human emotion again and come yeah. a little quicker. And it's been a balance, but I still wish that I was lasting like 20 minutes. Um, I feel like usually it's like a five minute kind of thing for me, five, six minutes, unless I'm like taking breaks, but there are some yeah. bottoms that just want you to like fuck them the whole time. And I'm like, okay, if you want this to last more than five minutes, you're going to need to <laughs> let me pull out and like do some oral and make out and eat your ass a little bit. You know, it's like a whole thing, but, um, being on antidepressants, which kind of forces you to last a little bit longer, gave me the actual time I needed to like process like oh if you like you're not breathing when you have sex i think that's what's making you come quicker so now when i focus on like really breathing it helps a lot so anyways that's another thing that i would say so i guess we share our answers on yeah on our our sex game i had the same problem with antidepressants too yeah i remember my ex one day we were just going at it and after a while he's like are you having a hard time coming and i was like yeah and he was he's one of those guys that you can just pound him forever and he loves it so he kind of liked it but right. there were a few times where i just finally gave up i'm like i don't think i'm gonna come today which is kind of like sex is still fun without coming but right. if you kind of wanted to there's like a little bit of a like pent up just like unsatisfying feeling that goes on but yeah and then i started clenching my jaw all the time so mm. i went off of them i would mm. talk to bottoms a lot of times who'd be like i love a quick comer and i'm like where were all those bottoms when i was a quick comer because none of you liked it then and now you all want it now that I last a long uh -huh. time. And it's like a whole thing that I was, I was always like, that's so interesting. Um, but yeah. So our second kink that I'm wanting to cover is leather, which um, is one that you mentioned was sort of a kink of yours. Because when I reached out, you originally were like, I don't actually know that I'm not kinky. And I've had a lot of conversations with people where they say the same thing because they think of things like, fisting or bdsm mm. you know they start to think of like physical kinks and i'm like i don't think i have a ton of physical kinks but a lot of mine are like mental and i think mental i feel like i'm kinkier than almost everyone i know and so uh, once we talked about it you're like oh well those things do apply um but one of the things that you mentioned you know being like well this is something that i am into is leather 
Um, so I'd love to hear about that, especially because it's not really a kink that I have. Like I don't own any leather. I own this little fake leather crown thing. <laughs> I own this mask that I want to that I got at Mr. S. That's cute. That I was like, I just think it's cute. I don't know that I ever know when I'd wear this sexually, nor have I been able to. But it's cute every Halloween to wear it. Mm. Um, and it's just like fun to put on sometimes. But I was going to ask, like, in what situation would someone wear this? Let me see it on you. <clears throat> I mean, it looks kind of amazing with that crown, actually. I know. Uh, but it's like, you know, when? I mean, Halloween's a good one. But any type of fetish ball or... I mean, really any type of next look, next level, like leather look party. You okay, can so wear this too. That's usually I what I wear. I feel like you could wear this to the Eagle, like for a dance night. Maybe you would want to take it off to make out or talk to people or something, but. So people, someone can actually see people what I look pop like. hoods to, you know, gay bars all the time. And That's true, that covers them up. I just always tell people that I feel like my face is my selling point. Like, I'm like, I like my body, but not everyone likes guys with my body. I like my dick, not everyone likes guys with a five and a half inch dick. And so I'm like, but I feel like everyone kind of likes my face, which is totally inaccurate. But I do feel like my face is my selling point. So then I wear something like this. I'm like, the whole thing that gets people to be like, I want to fucking is covered. I mean, I'm into anonymous and masks, so. Yeah, good to know. But yeah, <laughs> Some think, people are into that. Yeah, I definitely wear it when I like go out. It's always like sexually when I'm like, when does this come into play where someone's like, I want you to wear that mask while you fuck me. And it hasn't happened yet, but maybe it will someday. You'll meet him. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyways, so tell me about, I'll, I guess I'll just wear this during this whole part. Okay. Tell me about like your interest in like experience in leather. Like where does the leather kink stem from, from a lot of people? Um, I, I don't actually know if there's an average answer for like everybody, but um, for me, I was raised by Harley Davidson riding motorcycle parents. Um, they both don't ride anymore uh they quit like maybe 10 years ago mm -hmm. but <clears throat> i mean when i was a kid it was like there were times where my parents would have parties and there would just be bikes like lined up down the street and just tons of people walking around and like leather chaps and leather jackets um and i just always thought they all looked really cool and like sleek and rad and i just grew up around it so it kind of always felt normal to me and then when i was in like junior high, I think I was like in eighth grade, my dad gave me his old leather jacket from 1978 that he got in Germany because um, it was too small for him. Mm. And it fits me, but I think I need to have, it's in storage because it's falling apart. The threading is like disintegrating. Right. Um, one of these days I'm gonna have someone fix it up. But I started wearing it to school and like I started getting lots of compliments on it and I just was kind of like, yeah, I like this. I like this being my thing. Like, I'm the guy with the leather jacket. I'm right. rebellious and cool. Uh, and then in the mid nineties, I got into nine inch nails. Mm -hmm. I I'm saw a, you have a, I'm a huge yeah. nine inch nails fan. Um, and uh, <clears throat> they put out a VHS tape of all of their music videos. It was like a double tape. One tape was all of their music videos and the other tape was a live concert documentary. And the music video half in between the actual music videos, they had all this weird curated visuals, like art that they made to kind of um, glue it all together. Mm -hmm. uh, and in the middle of it, it never aired on MTV, but it's, um, and apparently it's part of a, a larger video that is harder to find. And I've still never seen the actual full length one, but there's this 
clip of these two guys that are just like these like punk fags and they're like wearing leather pants and they're like got like spiky hair and like a leather one of them has a leather collar on and they're like laying on this bed just like smoking cigarettes and they start just like cutting each other and like doing like a little bit of like blood play and i don't know something about that just like really got me uh interested and i was like I think I'm kind of into these like weird alternative like mm -hmm. goth punk dudes. I think I might be one of these dudes, and right. um, and then like as a artist, Trent Reznor at the time in the '90s was wearing a lot of leather fetish stuff. He kind of put like a lot of fetish looks into his videos, like way out into the mainstream, including like being bound up and like um, and all of that just really turned me on. Um, and so it was something I knew I wanted to pursue. But in my brain when I was younger, I kind of always categorized it as like, oh yeah, I really want to get into leather one of these days. And I think part of it was the cost. Like leather pieces are very expensive, so it takes time to purchase and build up a collection. Um, but the more I just started like talking to people who were into leather and going to the Eagle and going to Eagles in other cities, the more I kind of was like, you know, I think I really want to, I think it's time to start buying stuff. So I just like slowly started purchasing, you know, about that first harness and now I own like three or four. Um, right. But, and I still, I mean, I have a decent collection at home and I still like fantasize about having so much more, but um, there's something about, I wear a lot of black too. So um, it fits my color scheme and um, I, there's just something so sexy to me about going to a leather bar and just seeing what other people are wearing and um, and there's, you know, and I, I'm not involved in any of this, but there are leather titles and there's a whole kind of culture of, you know, um, title holders and like all that stuff. And I don't know, it's just kind of a endlessly fascinating community, but I'm also the, the bondage aspect of it is sexy to me as well. Mm. Even though I don't partake in a ton of it, it's something I am open to. Yeah. Um, but I do, it's another one of those like, I'm kind of a natural smell kind of person, and I think leather smells unbelievably delicious too. Mm. So, the smell of a sweaty man and leather mixed together is like kryptonite. Right, right. Or not kryptonite? What is kryptonite bad? Kryptonite would be like, yeah, it makes sense. What you're saying makes sense. Okay. Like it's like it, it makes me weak, like it, at the knees kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I just like, I only own, like I said, like these two things and then like docks, like boots mm -hmm. and then like one harness that I bought and I've like never worn out because a, I don't like the way that I look in it, which I think is just like a self-critical thing. I'm sure everyone else would see it. And it's like, oh, this guy looks hot in a harness, but it also pinches at all of my body hair. Oh like, yeah. Every time I like move it, it like pulls. And so I'm like, okay, I guess I can never wear a fucking harness. I do. There's a guy who lives here in Portland who makes custom leather uh, harnesses and jock straps, mm. and he does really good work. Um, and I don't know if this is the answer, but it could be the kind of leather that's rubbing against your fur. Yeah. I wonder if there's like softer leathers that would do it less. And that's the other thing too. He told me that um, he'll see guys out all the time in harnesses and he's like, they look good on people, but they're all kind of one size fits all. And mm. he's like, sometimes you just need like a little tweak here and there and it like, changes how it looks on you and how it feels too. Yeah. Ideally, apparently you're supposed to be able to wear one without it feeling like you're, it should almost feel like you're wearing a t-shirt, but a little tighter. It's okay. Like a, like a hug. Got it. 
Yeah, I just, I always see people on them and I always think it looks sexy on other people, but I'm always like, I just, it just, I don't feel like it looks great on me, but um, yeah, I've never really like been super into leather. That's what, I mean, among other things, but leather is like a huge thing at like full sum, right? Mm -hmm. That's like a huge part of it. Mm -hmm. I remember one time there's this couple that I know um, and I was like, oh, I'm surprised you guys aren't at full sum. And they're like, oh, it's actually not like really our thing. And for some reason I just was like, I just didn't. I know that, you know, kink is not for everyone necessarily, but like, I just was like, I just feel like every gay in the world would go to Folsom if they could. And I didn't really realize that there's people that are like, yeah, I have no interest in being there whatsoever. Just yeah. sounds like a fun thing. Well, you will see people there who aren't in leather as well. It's kind of a like, let your freak flag fly right. type of place. Um, but I mean, it's not for some people because there's people having sex in the street. So, <laughs> right, which I think is fun, <clears throat> which I do too. But you know, we live in a world now where there's people who are like, I don't want to do that myself. So nobody should be able to. Right. So there's been a lot of talk yeah. about Folsom the last few years. Yeah. I, I just feel like, um, leather is like a mainstay in like queerness. I feel in a way that I did, never really quite understood, like where it became, so prominent how it became something it's kind of like how horror movies have a lot of like queerness to it and i don't understand like all of the history to it i've never like had any opposition to it of course it just was always like oh i don't really get it like i don't own any leather jackets when i see other people in leather jackets i think you look good but i'm never like oh i want to buy a leather jacket for myself kind of thing and mm -hmm. so i've always been like it's always been something that's really fascinating to me i read recently that one of the reasons it's become so enmeshed into gay culture is apparently Back in like the 40s and 50s, uh, lots of gays would wear tons of leather when they would go out to like underground gay bars so that straight people would think it was a rough biker bar and they uh, wouldn't go in there. Isn't yeah. that crazy? That probably works. <laughs> There's a lot of like different facets of like kink that have a lot of, uh, have a lot of um, like survival mode built yes. into them. Yeah. yeah. Like it's like I talked about on my episode with uh, David. Silver Sound about how like nightlife is intentionally really embedded in queer culture for a reason. Like you couldn't just go and do that out in public during the daytime. True. Or there's a lot of things like public sex, right? Which isn't one of the things we're covering here, but um, there's like a history behind why that's the case. Like we couldn't just like bring people over from fucking high school or, you know, it's like you had to be underground and discreet mm -hmm. and private about it. Even which is like, that was, I mean, when that ended in America, it was like the fifties and we still have, it's like still so, some of that is still so ingrained in us as right. a culture. It is fascinating. And it may not be as much of like a survival thing now, but it's like, there's definitely those like roots there. Like that's mm -hmm. why this is sort of like a thing. And when it's just like a facet of culture, you can choose not to participate in it, I guess. But then you're kind of missing out a little bit on some of the experience sometimes, which some people are more or less concerned about. So yeah. It does, context is good though, to know why we as a people do something, you know, when right. it comes from a, this is how we used to survive and now it's something that we do to celebrate ourselves. Like, I think that's worth mm. celebrating. Yeah, I agree. Um, well, yeah, I'm trying to think if I have any additional like questions about leather just because it's so not in my wheelhouse. And I'm like, I wonder if there's anything Ask else. Ask me about my first leather experience. Okay, what about your first leather experience? <laughs> Uh, my first leather experience, um, I was in my twenties and, um, there were these two, like just unbelievably gorgeous daddies that I met that, uh, had just moved to the town in Arizona. I lived in a small town in Arizona. They had just moved there and they bought this old decrepit lodge and like started fixing it up and making it like really cute and retro. And they lived there 
and I lived like a couple blocks away and we kept running into each other and like decided to like hang out and have beers one night and they took me back to their house and um, I didn't know this about them at all on the surface uh, but yeah we were hanging out at their house for a while and they're like we're really into leather I'm like oh that's cool I've always been curious about leather uh, and they're like can we like leather you up and like put you in something and like fool around and they put me in like a full-on like mask with a zipper on the head like harnesses armbands and then they had a like a ball stretcher like that kind of like umbrella thing that you like snap around your balls and then you start adding weights to it right and uh i told them i was like i don't know if i'm gonna be into that part but i'm open to trying it and it ended up being like fucking incredibly hot <laughs> like they put the weights on and i was kind of like yeah it's a little uncomfortable but then one of them you know grabbed my dick and started playing with it and he's like is it uncomfortable now and i'm like no now it feels really good yeah <laughs> um but yeah they like totally i mean i was like strapped down to the floor i was like completely like their little slave boy in their house one night randomly wow. and um but it took me years to ever get back into that it was like a life-changing again experience. but it was and it was like it came out of nowhere it was just kind of offered to me one night wasn't expecting yeah. it uh, so it was pretty rad. Yeah, I am. Um, a lot of the things, like a lot of the experience that you're explaining are things that definitely appeal to me. I think sometimes, and again, I'm not opposed to the leather at all. It's just kind of like it all appeals to me. But the fact that like we're all wearing leather, I'm kind of ambivalent about. Yeah. But the whole like being a slave or being restrained or that kind of thing, you know, or like ball. I don't know if you're the ball stretcher you were talking about was a leather one or like yeah. a metal one. Okay. Yeah. Because I have a metal ball stretcher that I literally live in. Like I've worn it like every single day for the past like two years because I put it on one day and I thought, oh my God, this feels amazing. So I wear it like all the time. Um, people always ask about it. Sometimes I wear it at the gym. And I'll get messages like on Grinder afterward that'll be like, I really like your cock ring. And I'm like, it's not a cock ring. I hate <laughs> cock rings. Um, my dick isn't big enough for a cock ring because it pushes your balls forward. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have a ton of length, you're yeah. giving up some length by wearing a cock ring. I use these cock rings that actually have, they're like round and then they are triangular at the bottom. So they have a little bit of like room for your balls to like oh, drop. Okay. I like those. I'll have to try one sometime. It started by me looking for a stainless steel one because all the metal cock rings that are out there are made out of like foil or something right and uh they started actually irritating my balls so i had to find surgical steel ones and they're not easy to find okay. surprisingly on the good internet to know. good to know okay well that's fun i learned a little bit about leather um yeah it's just always been something that i know is so prominent you know you go to these like socials where everyone's wearing leather and it's like a whole thing mm -hmm. and it's intermixed with all these other things and i just never really understood like I knew that leather is timeless, like in fashion mm -hmm. kind of thing. And I know that gays are really into fashion, but I didn't. They are? The, I think so. <laughs> but I didn't get the impression that that was why leather was so important um, in the gay community. I, I only that, read that recently. I yeah. was kind of surprised that we all don't know that so much deeper, but it makes yeah. sense. Yeah, there's a lot there. There's a lot to unpack. Okay, so our final round of this We're Not Really Strangers, three more questions, and then we'll talk about our third and my personal very favorite kink, incest. Um, so first question, what would your life be like if you married the person you lost your virginity to? Oh my God. Um, <clears throat> I almost had that life. Uh, I lost my virginity when I was 18 to my first boyfriend, uh, and he was 
like, you know when you go to a theme park and like a photographer will take your photo when you first walk in and then you can like buy it later if you want. Like they'll take a photo of your group of people or whatever. Uh -huh. um, so he worked for a company that did that. And we met, he was living up in my town where I grew up for like six months. We like started dating. Um, I lost my virginity to him. I was like so in love with him. But then he got reassigned to a place in Texas in like a small town. And he was like, come with me, come with me. And um, my friends were kind of like, I, I was telling my friends, I don't know if I should go. Like I'm 18. This is the first boyfriend I've ever had. Like, I don't know if this is real love. I think this might just be a like, I finally am having sex with somebody. I finally like dating somebody and it feels validating, but I don't know if that means I should necessarily like follow this person to another state. My friends were like, yeah, but if it doesn't work out, just come home, we'll be here. You can always start over. Um, and I mean, I was like on the fence, on the fence. I didn't know what I was gonna do. For weeks I was in my head about it and I finally decided that I wasn't gonna go. Um, and I'm very glad, I don't know if, <laughs> uh, and, and he's, uh, we actually are still in touch on Facebook. He's a lovely guy, but he went through a lot, um, particularly relating to addiction for many years that he had to work out on his own. And so I would have been like with somebody who was using heavy drugs. I didn't know that that was going on. Um, I was so young and innocent. Uh, but yeah, I'm glad, I, did. I'm glad wow. I didn't follow my ex to Texas when I was 18. Yeah, And it definitely. was a small town. It would have been fucking scary. But that was a really profound thing to think as an 18-year-old. Like, I don't know if this is just, like, love. You know, like, I feel like it took me until I was, like, 21, 22 to start even asking those questions. But also, like, nowadays in, like, a world of, like, non-monogamy, at least my world is non-monogamy, it's a whole, the, I have this whole different understanding of relationships where it's, like, it doesn't have to last forever for it to have been successful you know, that like that kind of thing. And so it's like, if you're moving and I don't want to move with you, that's okay. The most yeah. loving thing you can do is let you go and maybe our paths will cross one day and I will not have grown resentful of you because I followed you to a small town in Texas where I didn't <laughs> want to fucking live. And then you just so happen to move back and we can fall back in, maybe fall back into this like beautiful thing we had before you left. So that's a really profound thing to have thought about when you were 18. Well, and I also dodged a bullet. I probably would have experimented with heavy drugs at a much younger age when right. I was more vulnerable to falling into, you know, that's a true. hole you can't crawl out of as easily. That's true. That's so. true. Um, I was going to move on. And then I was like, I didn't answer the question. If I married the pajamas <laughs> with my virginity too, I think if we're just talking like um, oral, like the very first thing, or are you talking like, I don't know. It's however you define it. I think the first person that I, when I think the first person I had sex with, it was just like a blowjob in their car. It'd probably be similar to how it is now. I think they still live in Oregon. Um, I mean, different in like other ways. If I was like married to them, I have a feeling I'd probably, they'd probably, we'd be in a monogamous relationship. You'd be sucking a lot of dick in a car. Right. <laughs> um, I would be dating what I, who I think is a drag queen. I just don't know anything about them now. This is when I was like eight, yeah. 17. Um, it's like a whole thing. Um, so I don't really know a ton in the way that like you kind of have an insight as to the person you lost your virginity to what their life is like. I imagine it would be like similar in the sense that I'd be living in Oregon. I probably would maybe still be working in like my same field of work and stuff like that. But obviously I'd have like different friends. I'd probably be living somewhere slightly different. I'd be less like sexually, uh, adventurous and stuff like that. Different in those ways, but similar in some other ways. Yeah. Yeah. What's the hardest you remember coming? The hardest I remember coming? Yeah. Hmm. Mm, I don't know. Um, 
I don't know if I can think of a specific incident. Um, I did shoot myself in the eye once. Okay. When I was jerking off, when I was like in my twenties, I think. Uh, I think it was the first time I was aware of the fact that you could like shoot that far. Uh-huh. I'm a, and I'm a pretty. If you've seen my Twitter, there's some photo stills on there that are impressive. But uh, yeah, that was I think maybe the first time I realized I had a little bit of a superpower. I was just like jerking off like any other day, and when I came, it just like flew straight into my left eye, and it burns instantly. Right. <laughs> my eye was like completely red and crazy looking for a few minutes. Um, yeah, come in the eye hurts. Yeah, I um, I feel like I. I think I come a lot and I come hard as well. I think like there's been a lot of times where I'm like cooking up with someone and I come and it's always like, whoa, like that just came straight at my face. Like I was expecting it to kind of land on my body and I'm like standing over someone and it like hits them in the face or just like shoots really far. Um, it happens a lot. But I also feel like I recently, um, when I get really hard, uh, when I come, it's more, it sprays more than really? it shoots. Like it's like, it goes everywhere. It's like a bunch of droplets that just like cover everything. <laughs> and I think it's kind of gross. Um, I just, I, I think I, I much prefer like a shot, you know, it's like yeah, hotter, like a stream. but sometimes it's like a spray and I'm like, okay, I guess that happened. But I usually come pretty hard when that happens. If I'm not coming as I think hard. That's when you're, I mean, I've sprayed before when I'm really pent up for like days and days or something. When you yeah. finally come, it's like, it almost hurts. Right. And it's like liquidy. That's to me. So that I usually it's my, if I have a spray, it's more Yeah. when I'm in that space. I also feel like I come a little bit more when I'm not as hard. Really? I don't know why. Maybe there's like less blood constricting the urethra. Maybe. Or something. I have a lot of guys, if we're fucking doggy style, they'll tell me like, oh my God, I could feel every single pump when you were coming. Mm, there's I have that a few times. <laughs> I think that's the position like really to hot. let your bottom feel it. Yeah. yeah. The hardest I remember coming, I was actually at the peephole. You know where that is? 122nd Stark. Um, no, I do. Like an arcade. <laughs> and um, I was there and I went into a booth with this like daddy who I actually still see at the arcade like all the time. Um, and uh, he, I was like sucking his dick and we were like doing, you know, all the things. And then at one point he started like, he turned me around and he started fingering me and jerking me off. And he started like finger fucking me really like intensely. And it was very much like on my prostate. So I remember he was going and he was going and he was going and he was jerking me off. And I was like, oh my God, like I'm going to come. Like I felt it and it was so intense. And when I came, it was so intense that I was like, I bet this is what it feels like to squirt as a woman. You know, like it was so intense. But the, the, the gag of it was that I spurted out a whole thing of blood. What? I came so hard. It felt amazing. It was like a, insane. But when I looked down, it was just blood. Oh my God. I would be terrified. I was really scared. And he was like, <laughs> I'm a really experienced, like fister prostate play kind of person. And like, it's going to be okay. Like sometimes when it gets kind of like inflamed and really played with, yeah. maybe a blood vessel pops or something and some blood comes out, but like it's gonna, and I was really scared. But when I peed, it came out just yellow. And the yeah. next time I came, it was white. And I was like, okay, All but kinds like. Of stuff can happen down there. Right. But I noticed was, once that my prostate felt different. Like it felt almost like there was a lump or something. And I was like, oh my God, I was freaking out about it. And I yeah. went to the doctor and they were like, you had gonorrhea recently? Or I think maybe it was syphilis. They're like, Sometimes you can get uh, an inflamed prostate when you have a really bad STI infection. Right. It's like, oh, yeah, it does feel normal now. Noted. <laughs> okay. 
What's an insecurity you had in bed that you've grown out of? Um, I used to worry that my dick wasn't big enough to like satisfy a guy as a top. Okay. Um, because I'm like six and a half inches, six and three quarters on a good day. Right. Um, and um, I, I don't know. I was really hung up about not having a like nine inch dick when I was younger. Um, and as I got older, I just kind of was like, you know, I've never really met anybody who complained or said anything negative or was like, oh, I was going to hook up with you, but you don't have a nine inch daddy dick. Um, and then I just realized sex is like, you know, it takes practice and it takes like a little bit of confidence and just like, and also a partner who's not going to like make you feel insecure. Um, but I don't know. Once I started kind of growing into myself more as like a top, um, I started realizing that it's not always the size that people are after. Um, and one would even argue that sometimes bigger dicks bypass things inside that people like, you know, touched and stimulated and they just mm. kind of go right past it too. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I am now secure. I mean, of course I still wish it was, you know, if I woke up with an eight inch dick tomorrow, I wouldn't be sad about it, but, right. um, but yeah, I kind of, I'm like, whatever. There's so many other things that you can have and be good at and do well. And I don't know. And having a big dick or not does not mean you're like the size of your dick has no correlation to how good you are in bed. Right. In fact, if you have a big big dick and you're a bad lay, it's even worse. Like (laughs) if you have a big dick, you really should know how to fuck. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's so wild because I feel like my answer is the exact same thing. Um, I would argue that I'm probably more insecure about it than I get the impression you are nowadays still. I don't think I'm insecure about it. I love it the way that it is. Yeah, of course I wish it was like a massive thing. I have like these dildos that I regularly will like hold up and I'll like look in the <laughs> mirror just like as a joke and I'm like, could you just imagine if my dick was this big? And I just had this like massive thing. And I always make these jokes with my friend that I was like, if I had like a massive nine inch cock, I would just like walk into a room and like whip it out and flop it around. And I wouldn't care if anyone was uncomfortable about it. I would just like be so boisterous about it. Um, And I think a lot of times, like one thing is like when I'm totally soft, that I would say I'm most definitely insecure about. Like when I'm like at the arcade or an orgy or something and I'm like totally soft, I feel like I, I have had guys who've been like, um, I almost didn't hook up with you, but I said, fuck it. And then I started sucking your dick and realized how much it grows. Oh yeah. And it's still not huge once it's hard, but it's like very small when it's small. Yeah. I used to hook up with this guy who had a like eight and a half inch dick. And twice when we went to go hook up again, like in the beginning, I would like go to grab his dick and be like, oh, maybe I exaggerated how big he was in my mind. And then like, it was like, oh, nope, he grows like (laughs) seven inches once he gets hard. It was like, it would go from like, not impressive looking at all to like, holy shit. Like, yeah, yeah, you never can tell. Yeah, so I used to always be insecure about it. And now it's like, I like it, but there are definitely tons of guys who are like, I'm not interested because your dick is too small. And it's definitely a pretty, like, it's it's not a fun experience because you can't change the size of your dick. No. You can change the way your body looks. You can change the way your face looks. You can change your haircut. There's a lot of things you can change. You can't change the size of your dick. And so I think it's um it's a really unpleasant experience, especially for someone who is, like, very sexual and, like, puts himself out there a lot to experience this, like, repeated instance of, like, oh, this person's, like, only into other hung guys. Or, like, there's a lot of times where I'm like, oh, sure, like, 
you know, I'll be at the arcade or something and beauty is subjective, but mm -hmm. I'm always like, oh sure, you're gonna go hook up with this guy who is like not even remotely attractive, at least in my opinion, just because you see is like a big thing flopping between his legs and that's like all that matters to you. Some guys, that's all that matters. I know. But you know what? Those people are filtering themselves out for you, so. That's true. Um, yeah, that's always a thing. Because also, like, if I had an eight inch dick and I found out that was the only reason someone was having sex with me, and they didn't care anything else about me and how I looked or my vibe and they were just there for what was between my legs, I could feel that being fairly dehumanizing. That's true. And That's like true. depressing. So it yeah. probably works both ways. Yeah, so it's like I feel confident about like my ability to like please. I think my dick is like the perfect length to like hit the prostate. It's never big enough that someone's like, oh, that kind of hurts, you need to stop. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's so hard that I think sometimes that's a thing where someone's like, you're really hard and so it, it's like, it's rough when you fuck me, even though it's like not that big. Um, I'll get easier as you get older. Right. <laughs> and so in that says, well, it's only that hard because I love taking Viagra and Cialis, not because it gets that hard when I'm not on it. <laughs> but, um, but now I'm not insecure from the perspective of like, I know that this is gonna like feel good for this person. Um, but if the person is like a size queen or they're like turning me down because of it, in that sense, the insecurity still sometimes comes out. Yeah. But in I mean, terms of like, I'm actually fucking, it's like, I feel confident about what my dick is going to be able to accomplish here. Yeah. I, I, I say too, in life as with dick size, if you know, somebody's not into you for that, that's unfortunate and it can, you know, get to your head. But I always focus on like, you know, there's plenty of guys I've hooked up with who have complimented my dick or my skills at, you know, fucking or and I just try to focus on the positive connections that I've had and like not dwell on the negative ones as much because even if you had a big dick there's guys who would reject you for some other reason so rejection is part of life that is true yeah I should take a note from that I definitely I do that but it's easier said than done sometimes of course like Oh, people are like, well, you don't want to fuck around with people who are like that anyways. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I totally agree with that in premise, but it's like, yeah, easy. but sometimes you see a hot guy at a, you know, bathhouse yeah. and you just want to like, you're like, rail Jesus him, you know? Christ, <laughs> like, we I don't wish. need to be friends. Right. Or, I don't need to know if you're a good person. I just want to stick my dick in your butt. Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay. Well, that was fun. I'm glad you were willing to play those questions. I thought it was really neat. So moving on to our final, um, and like I mentioned earlier, my favorite um kink that i have is um incest which is specifically you know in this case i know that obviously given your like persona there's like big brother little brother some people there's like dad's son some people some people are only into like the daddy something i've asked some people who are like we have like a daddy boy kind of thing and i'm like are you also into like big bro little bro because i actually think i like that a little better and they're usually like, no, just like the daddy something. Mm -hmm. And so what I've started to realize also through conversations with people is that for some people, the like daddy something is more of like a power dynamic thing that mm -hmm. just has like these titles. And I'm like, no, for me, it's like actually incest. Like the title, the power dynamic thing, I am into that as well. Um, but for me, it's like when I'm doing like a daddy son kind of role play when we're having sex, it's not just a power dynamic thing. Like I'm actively interested in the fact that it's like this like incestuous idea. Um, and so I'd be curious to hear if it's like something similar for you, where your interest in all of that sort of started, that kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> for me, it's a little bit more power dynamic-y. Mm. Um, but I... Um, it depends on the person too. I've 
crossed into the other one with certain people as well. Or like, I'm a fairly adaptable person if I'm hooking up with somebody and they're kind of more into the like, daddy, don't tell mom, you know, I'm like, I can play along. Right. Uh, but it typically is a little bit more um, archetypal and like um, power dynamic for me. Um, I, as I mentioned earlier, just used to fantasize about having like a cool, hot older brother when mm -hmm. I was young. And I used to watch like the Goonies and like the Lost Boys, all these 80s movies have these like really cool big brother characters. And I yeah. just always felt like I was missing out on something because I didn't have somebody to look up to in that same way when I was young. And I remember I used to even tell my mom, like, I'm jealous of my little brothers because they have a big brother and I don't have one. And um, then when I uh, was in like my late 20s, I met. <clears throat> well, what would your mom say when you would say that? Um, sh <laughs> I don't know. I don't really, I mean, I feel like I was so young. I can't even really, I don't even really remember what she said. Okay. My mom's always been really open-minded and like supportive. Right. She's like, uh, unlike your mom, if she saw a picture of me in a jock strap with my ass hanging out and dollar bills, she'd be like, Jackson. Bob, but she would say my real name, but, um, <laughs> she, uh, but she knows I'm a weirdo and like a little different, but she's, she's very much a kind of just like traditional heterosexual lady. Right. Um, but um, yeah, I kind of just always had this like big brother, like fantasy and fetish. And then um, when I was in my twenties, I went to go hook up with this guy one night and I got to his house and we just like instantly had this incredible connection. And it just was like, more than just sex. We like, I mean, we had sex, but we just, I mean, I left that night and we were like, we're totally gonna be friends. And we started hanging out all the time. And I think it was like maybe two, three months into us hanging out, I woke up one morning and I'm like, oh my God, this is the big brother I have fantasized about. Mm -hmm. Like ever since I was a kid, I finally found him. Like as an adult, he's literally like fits the description and everything. Um, so, that was my first experience. And then, um, yeah, I have that other friend in LA who um, is the one who kind of, well, he, he suggested we get matching tattoos. He's, he's an only child and I'm a bigger, I'm a big brother. Um, and so we got the matching tattoos and we just like, yeah, we've always had a very brotherly connection. Um, and I have two brothers, so I know, you know, I've had friendships all throughout my life, sometimes with straight men too, where you just connect with somebody like on a deeper level and they almost feel like a brother. Um, and it's just kind of evolved into, um, yeah, partially like my persona and my branding. But um, when I, when I kind of took that title and stepped into that role, I started noticing a lot of guys who are maybe like five to 10 younger, 10 years younger than me, um, who kind of identify as like little bros. Like sometimes it seems like they're like interested in having someone to like look up to them or be or look up to or be proud of them. Um, and so I, I don't know, I just kind of felt like I was at a place in my life where I felt confident and grounded enough to step into like a role like that. Somebody who could be a good, uh, influence. Right. Um, even though I'm kind of a bad influence, <laughs> but like somebody who could like, you know, I like to build people up, you know, and like make people feel confident and make people feel good. And um, so I kind of have this combination of like, uh, you know, bully, big bro, kind of like you better do this thing and I better see you sending photos of your progress to me. Like if somebody ever tells me online, like I have a lot of like friends that I kind of have this big bro, little bro connection with. Um, 
Yeah, and someone will be like, I wish I made more time for like my art and creativity, but I just don't. And I'm like, well, I better fucking see photos of you doing that within the next couple months or you and I are gonna have words. So I kind of love being able to use that power to be like, do it, like yeah. be, you know, be accountable, like send me photos, like make time for yourself. Um, and then, I don't know, sexually, it's just like kind of fun to just like, I have uh, many lovers who we kind of have that connection and just to, I don't know, express your love for each other in that kind of a way. And, yeah. And also kind of reclaiming the word bro and like a bro-y vibe from toxic masculinity. Um, there's like, there's nothing wrong with masculinity when it's not toxic. Right. And so often I feel like masculinity kind of gets categorized as all being like toxic and bad, but it's not always. Um, and so I think it's also kind of like a, in my mind, a healthy reclamation of like broiness, but making it gay and like loving and, um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's really interesting. I think like, I'll clarify, like when it comes to like daddy, son, little brother, big brother thing, I definitely am into it when it's incest, but also when I'm having sex nine times out of 10 and that's like what we're saying, it usually ends up being a little more, it embodies more the power dynamic where we're kind of just saying it. Um, sometimes it does definitely have the, the tone and I am very into it when you're like really getting into the whole concept of it. But nine times out of 10, I think when I do it for me, it's like, oh yeah, this like person that I'm fucking is like my little brother, but we're not really like talking about it a ton or anything. It's just like this sort of assumed kind of thing. I just was fascinated because I had recently had an experience with someone who after we had had sex sort of clarified, like, I want to be clear that we were doing this like daddy son, the whole thing thing the whole time and it like wasn't an incest thing for me it's like just a part and I'm like oh interesting I like it in both ways and I hadn't really realized that for a lot of people it tends to be really just like it's like the title it's kind of what we're saying I'm not really thinking about it actually in like an incestuous way um so it was interesting to realize that it was like oh this way that I've always thought about it where there are those power dynamics but it is also actively the act of like envisioning that you're like my little brother um, which, to be clear, I'm not into any of my siblings, but if they were hot, maybe I would be. Um, I always say that I'm the hottest sibling, and I mean it, because I know I've, my siblings are going to watch this. I've met many people who are only children, and they're like, oh, I always wished I had a brother growing up, because it would be so hot. We could, like, make out and do all this stuff. I'm like, you're not actually When they're actually your brother, it's right. not like that. Right. Um, <laughs> But yeah, um, and then I think I really appreciate what you're saying about there being like this sort of outside of sex kind of connection and role in it. I think that that's a thing that I have also more recently realized a lot of people have where sometimes I meet people who talk about like their daddy and it's like this like active thing, very like loving, nurturing thing they have with this like older man. That's also sexual, but it like goes beyond that. Mm -hmm. And I think I've recently tried to, I feel like I, for some reason, this is like a whole other podcast episode. I feel like I have a little bit of a hard time um, reaching that level with people, not because I'm not open to it, but for some reason it just feels like it never gets there. Right. And so I've had some people that I've met where I've tried to sort of establish that sort of dynamic. And I think I do it a little bit more now where like, Oh, someone's like my little bro. And it's like during sex, but I'm actually being like caring and like giving advice. And like, I've had a few instances where it turned into something like that because that sounds like something I would really enjoy both like on either end of it being like a little bro, a big bro, a son, like whatever the dynamic is. I definitely have some people who um, I call like my dad, whose name I won't say only because there's reasons why they haven't been on my podcast yet. 
But, you know, there's people who I, like, call my dad or, like, I've had a – my partner who I said um, I would – the sexual partner that I would thank. Like, we started out doing a lot of, like, dad-son stuff, and that stuff was definitely pretty – robust like it was very it was truly was like nurturing in a way that like a dad would be toward his son Mm -hmm. um but i guess um now that i'm like saying i'm like oh i guess i have had these experiences i'm saying i haven't had i guess (laughs) i just don't have them now or it's like been a while since i feel like i've had like a really active sort of role like that but i definitely really like that as well and i think it's really great that that's like a thing that you have um with people do you, I think sort of going back to this idea of like you saying that for you, a lot of it is more power dynamic based, less actual focusing on the incest. How do you feel about like twin cest? Um, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> uh, there's a pair of twin brothers out there. I've had sex with both of them. Not at the same time. Same, actually. <laughs> I'm so sure we're talking live? about the same ones. Uh, you think so? <laughs> Maybe. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean... To each their own. Oh, um, no, I think we're not. I know who I think you're talking about now. Mm-hmm. And also them, but I'm talking about a different <laughs> set of twin brothers. Um, uh, interesting. I can't think of another set right now off the top of my head. Uh, we'll <laughs> they're, not, they're not as relevant. <laughs> well, we can talk about it off camera. <laughs> um, I can't remember what the question was now. <laughs> <laughs> How you feel about twin sets? Oh, yes. Um, I don't know. That's kind of one of those things where... I've, I've heard people say, you know, if it's queer, it's not as much of a problem because, you know, a child can't be made out of it or something. Um, but uh, I don't know. That's it's I guess some people would say that's weird, but I think going to church on Sunday is weird. So it's sure. all context. And I don't know if people are adults and consensual. Yeah, it might be super um, non-traditional, but. I don't know. So be it, I guess. <laughs> There's other things to worry about in life than like who <laughs> two consensual adults are sleeping with. Right. That was one of the things I was going to ask. What I was going to say is that I feel like incest kind of tends to hit different in terms of how it's like received when it's like there's a chance of there being like pregnancy and like a child yeah or some like people that. are like abused by a family member right. sexually or something. Exactly. It could be a really touchy subject. Yeah. Because but- of that, but. Yeah, agreed. But it just seems like it's like a little different when it's like queer. Yeah. Um, for some reason, it just feels like it's like more normalized. But I guess like now yeah. as I'm like, as I spend more time talking about these things with people, I realize that similar to like Musk, it's like, oh, there's actually a lot of people who like aren't into this at all. Yeah. Or it's like off-putting to them if I like start a conversation with like, oh, hey, little bro or hey, daddy. And they don't like that. Um, and it's like, yeah. not some guys, the daddy thing, it's usually an age thing. Yeah. And some guys be like, I don't yeah. like when you call me daddy because totally. they're a little insecure. Or some about guys their have age. kids and it's weird for them to hear yeah. someone they're attracted to saying that word to them. I don't actually think I've had that experience. I have. Nice. <laughs> I've said that to someone who's like, I'm an actual dad and so don't call me that. Please call me sir instead. Like, you got it, sir. I don't know. Sir doesn't do it for me the same way. I don't know. It feels too prim and proper. Yeah. Um, I like it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, and I feel like that's another thing that I feel like is always really interlinked with, like, leather. The concept of, like, sir, for some reason. Yeah. I don't mind it. It just feels unnatural coming off my tongue to call someone sir. Yeah, I think sometimes... I mean, you were saying earlier, too, about, um, like, incest roleplay and um, sometimes it being there more just, like, in thought rather than verbally. I think sometimes people have a hard time at first getting into verbal stuff or certain subjects verbally when it comes to sexual activity. But I think also it's like practice, like words sometimes sound silly when you first start using them, but the more you do it, the more organic it starts feeling. And, um, 
True. It doesn't mean you have to start saying it if it doesn't feel like something you want to say, but I feel like there's been things like that in the past that I just felt really unnatural and now it's like, I don't even second guess it. Right, it just like comes naturally, it's like a thing. I, like one thing that's like totally unrelated to kink, but one thing that I've been doing recently that I didn't do for a really long time is calling guys stud. Like I'll message someone and I'll be like, hey stud. Because people would always do that, but for some reason me saying it felt unnatural. And then recently I just say it and it's like my go-to now. Like I just, I'm like, oh hey stud. And for some reason it used to feel weird to me to call people that, I don't know why. It's such well, a, I'm like, glad you like it now. I was gonna say if you have a hard time saying it, there's a bar called that in San Francisco. Right. <laughs> yeah. Put, put their logo in your mind. And that's what you call everyone. Yeah. Um, and they're reopening, by the way. Okay. Yeah, they're getting a new location. I've never even been. Oh, it's so great. I love the stud in San Francisco. I don't even remember the names of the bars I've been. I know I've been to a few bars there, um, but uh, the only one that really stood out to me was the Eagle. Like the others were like, oh, this is kind of nice. But when I went to the Eagle, I was like, this and this is. This is previous to me going to the Eagle here more. Mm -hmm. Now that I go to it more, I love it a lot more. Yeah. But when I first went to the Eagle in Seattle, I had only been to the Eagle here like once. And I was like, this is what the Eagle in Portland needs to be like. And when did you wrong, go to the one here for the first time? It wasn't too long ago. Because it has a new owner as of like three or four years ago. It was definitely when the new owner was there. Okay. And it, it was just it was just that I hadn't been there. And I also think that when you live somewhere, a lot of your experience places can be kind of colored by the fact that like you know certain people or you see the same people it's when you're in a new city you're like fresh meat you're, it's exciting and you're your vacation self so you're right. like you're a little different yeah i like to think of it as when you're on vacation you're actually your most authentic self because you have zero need to be like professional or like tied to your everyday um patterns of everyday life you kind of just can like wear what you want say what smell you want. however you want like yeah, there was a lot of times when I was like, you know, in Europe this past summer, I was there and there'd be times where I'd be kind of nervous to like go to the bar or the bathhouse or something. And I'd be like, who gives a fuck? I'm never going to see these people ever again. Just like go and out. And then you go and like all, I mean, I went to so many, I met so many friendly people at the European bars when I was there. Yeah. There's some that I've like sort of sustained connections with, not as much as I would have liked, but, um, but it was, yeah, it was great. And like you go and it's great. It's super hot super sexy time like all the bars have these like cruising areas oh in the my back God, i know I'm like where are those here where you can like or sometimes i go to you know i've only ever been to steam like two or three times i don't love bathhouses but i would love it more if there was like a section where a bunch of people were just being social yeah i i prefer sex events to also have a little bit of a social right aspect because it it just feels like so much pressure sometimes. especially as fellow quick comers i'm gonna blow my load i want somewhere to chill for an hour or two before i'm ready to give you another i also noticed that both yes coach events half the room is like immediately jumping into each other's butts and the other half of the room is like talking and chatting a little bit and then by the end of the night the people who like weren't jumping in right away are like all having sex like right. i feel like some people just need a little bit of social lubrication first yeah. I'm one of those people. I'm so like, like, I'm like I want to talk to somebody. I want to get a drink. I want to like say hi to a few people. Like I can get my dick out whenever I want. I'm all for like, you know, showing up to spaces like that. And like right from the get go, I'm like, I'm down to start fucking right now. But a lot of times when I show up to places like that, less so at like, you know, yes coach more so at just like an orgy at someone's house. Yeah. It's like, I kind of feel like I need someone who's already doing something to like, welcome me in yeah i have been to sex parties where i think everyone's afraid to be the first one 
to have sex or something. Right. And I'm like, we're at a sex party. No one's going to judge you. Right. Or just, or so, for me, it's like sometimes everyone's already having sex and I get there and I'm like, I, I can be pretty like bold and direct and persistent when I'm talking to someone like online, mm-hmm. but when it's in person, it's, I feel like, I feel like it's very different. At least in my opinion, I've had conversations with people who like wholeheartedly to disagree with that notion. But when I'm in person, I'm like, oh, I'm so shy. I kind of feel like I need someone to make me feel like I'm like welcomed or like desired. And then once I sort of have that introductory like thing with someone, I'm in the zone. But until then, I'm like, oh, I feel weird just like walking up to a random thing and like joining. Yeah. No, I get that. I definitely, if if I'm going to go, if I'm in that situation, I I probably would... I don't know, just kind of check stuff out and like smile and say hi to a couple of people. And hopefully eventually one of the people you smile and say hi to will be like, hi, who are you? You know, and then like that can be the person that makes you feel warm and welcomed. But sometimes you kind of have to like create that opportunity, I guess. I feel less that way when I'm at like a club or at a bathhouse or at a sex party like that's being professionally put on. Mm-hmm. It feels less that way when I'm just like at an orgy at someone's house. It's like this is an undoubtedly kind of like clicky in some ways. They can be, yeah. Um, especially if you're going up to the person. I think that it depends invite. on the host and if they know how to throw a nice event or not. Right. Too. That can true. Do. True. Some I, people think of everything and you're like, wow, you really, you really throw a good yeah, little party that's here. True. So yeah, I think sometimes when it's like that and it's like everyone kind of knows each other and I don't know everyone here, it's it's a little bit of a different experience, but yeah. um, overall I think it's fun. Sex is fun. Yes, it is. But there are some things better than sex. And they are? Um, I'm trying to remember what you said. I'm trying said. to remember what you said too. <laughs> what I said was uh, like going on a drive on like a summer ah, night right. and like the windows are down or like summer evening and the sun's setting and... The sky has that really beautiful purple pink undertone. You're listening to music and it just feels like See, music. really amazing. Yeah, and you said music. Right? <laughs> Our answer together is the perfect, right. the perfect afternoon. Music is like crucial. If you're doing that drive silently, I, it just doesn't hit the same. Yeah, unless you need to do that drive silently, I could yeah. see. Or rolling on a chirp wheel, which you should try before you leave if you've never done it before. It's pretty life-changing. Okay. I'll try it. Um, but yeah, well, that was fun. Thanks for playing. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Until next time, everyone.